Hello and hola everyone. Welcome back to Figuring It Out, the podcast. The podcast where I talk about everything I do know and everything I don't know. This week's episode is all about travel, which has been a huge part of my life this last year, especially, and all the lessons I've learned while traveling, while why I feel travel is so important at this stage in our lives. But I could not do this episode alone. I am joined this week by my friend, Johnny Del Rosa, who I met while solo traveling in Colombia this time last year. Johnny, how are you? I'm good. What's up, Albert? Uh, Nice to catch up with you again. I know, I know. We have to do a drink soon. (laughs) Yeah, we definitely have to. Uh, Last time I saw you was actually exactly last year because we mentioned December and then we saw each other again. Yes, Uh, yes, yes, yes. But you're sick in Colombia, sadly. I, yeah, I died in Medellin. But when I met you in Cartagena, I was alive and well. Well, well is a strong word, but I was alive. (laughs) And I want to have Johnny on this podcast specifically because while I have met a lot of friends while solo traveling, friends that I still keep in contact with, Johnny just got back from... How long was your trip? Uh, My trip was about like four and a half months. Johnny just got back from a four and a half month trip around Asia, quit his job and just said, fuck it, I'm going to go around Asia for four and a half months and explore Asia, live my life and trust that there will be a job on the other side and whatever happens, happens. So I don't know. Do you want to jump into some of those experiences, what you learned, what inspired you to take this leap? Yeah. Um, so overall, it's funny because it was supposed to be a three-month trip, but um, after meeting so many people, I, like they all end up doing the same thing. They just extend their trip, especially if there's like, no obligation waiting for them back home. Trip went from three months to four and a half um, easily. But overall... I think it's just a decision that I I made at the time. I, this was like around May or June where um, I wasn't really satisfied with my job. Um, so what I did was just, I told myself, hey, like, after, especially after um, solo traveling, because I solo traveled before, uh, I started working. Uh, well, actually during when I, when I was working. So at that time, after I traveled, when I solo traveled to Cuba the first time, that's when like when I got hooked and I just th- thought to myself like, yeah, I have to do this. And when you meet people that that have like traveled for numerous like, amounts of months uh, while you're traveling, um, it kind of prompts you to do the same because one week is not enough. Two weeks is not enough. You know, th- that's, that's the amount of time you can take as PTO, but that's just clearly not enough, especially for, if in my case, that's now I think it like entirely different vacationing and traveling are two really different things obviously you're traveling mm-hmm. while you're on vacation but traveling really gives you that like that flexibility of going wherever the hell you want i love what you said about traveling and vacationing are two different things because i 1000 percent feel that same way of vacation to me i guess there's there is overlap right but i have my travel vacations or my adventure vacations as I like to call them. So those are typically my trips to like Spain or if I go to Peru next year, those will be adventure vacations, which quite honestly require a lot of energy and a lot of my my physical energy, some of my emotional energy as well. Whereas I think of like a vacation vacation where you're just like lying on the beach and doing nothing is something very, very different. And I'm sure you feel the same way based off what it sounds like. But Cuba was your first solo travel trip, right? Cuba was my first solo travel trip. And at the time when I 
bought the flight ticket. Like I was kind of hesitating. My sister was kind of like poking at me, like, "Yeah, you're not gonna do it at all." Like I'm like, "All right." Like, uh, and I always told her I was gonna travel, but I just never ended up doing so. So when I bought the, the flight ticket, I was like, "Oh, fuck!" Like, shit, I actually just did it. Like, um, I actually had to plan for it and everything. I actually had to go, um, and it, it kind of was a little nerve wracking at first, but that's just something I don't regret. Um, and still to this yeah. day, I think that that is like my favorite trip I've done. Wow. It's always the first to most people, especially like when I meet other people, they're like, yeah, like their first trip solo traveling was their favorite as well. And I, I'm just so glad to pick a country that is so unique from the rest. And I, and I know like you're Cuban, so you've been there before uh, and you know how different it is, mm-hmm. not just compared to Latin America, but like from the rest of the world. I think what I love is that, so Columbia, where we met, was my, that was your second solo travel, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was your second solo travel trip. That was my first solo travel trip. And I think what you kind of nailed on the head is solo travel is something you just have to do. You don't, like, if you sit and wait for the perfect time, or even, I I basically booked that trip because it became very apparent to me that my friends were not going to get the time off, and I really could not depend on them to go to this on this trip. So I said, you know what, I'm just booking the flight and the hostels. I'll meet who I meet. I know I want to go. I know I, I want to see it. And if you wait for the perfect time, if you wait for your friends to be able to, if you wait for someone to be able to join you, you're never going to go, which is something I, I learned very quickly. And so you you really just have to say fuck it and do it. And I think you and I are very similar in the same way of that. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> and I think that that's the mindset out of a lot of solo travelers. It's that that's something that I've, I've actually like I'm a, I'm on the same boat with you. The the reason why I actually solo traveled as well is because I was trying to make plans with my friends all the time, but. You know, that whole meme, it's never going to make it out the group chat. Like, oh, yeah, we trip just fun- actually made it out of the group chat. Um, and, you know, it, it never did. But after just planning with them and nothing falling through, I, I'm just like, all right, you know what? I, I'm just going to do my own thing. Now it's it's paid off. And I know it's it's a very, it's a, it's a very nerve wracking thing to, to travel by yourself. Um, For sure. Yeah. But I think everybody could do it and i mean me personally i i mean i i typically open up to people about this uh i have social anxiety so for me like solo traveling is is in my brain it's it's something where i like it it does not sound like a good idea but um it ended up ended up being a good a good decision i mean even like let's say you're an introvert extrovert if you're extroverted like hostels are just for you if you're introverted you're probably going to be able to enjoy yourself and your own time. Well, thank you for being honest about your social anxiety. And I think that's something a lot of people who maybe solo travel, they're too, I mean, listen, I've experienced, oh my gosh, I'm about to go to a country I've never been to by myself. I don't know what's there. I don't even know. I, I don't even know if I can get a taxi from the airport to the hostel. And I, I think that's something so normal and I've definitely experienced even still as I I went to Barcelona and Mallorca solo this summer and as I was on my way to the airport I was like oh my god wait what what why am I I'm I'm going solo to Barcelona and Mallorca meanwhile I had gone solo to Colombia which I hadn't thought I guess it wasn't as scary when I did it then but it was this weird experience of I knew that trip was going to be amazing for me and it was and I think solo traveling forces you to be this version of you that maybe you aren't in your day to day because 
you do have to sit with yourself and enjoy your own time, but then also be social so that you don't have too many moments where you're lonely. Because I think also when you're solo traveling, sometimes maybe it does feel lonely after a while, you know, even I just had to travel for work to Sevilla and traveling for work is a pretty lonely thing as well. And it's this balance of, okay, I'm great being on my own and I love solo travel, but also I'm a human being who craves and needs social connection. So I I think that understanding the social dynamics of that is huge, right? And I mean, I'm so grateful I did it because even from my trip to Barcelona, we ha- I had found a group of people that I vibed with pretty immediately and I still keep in regular contact with my friend Brian, who he and I just recently got drinks in the city together and he invited me to his birthday. I invited him to mine. My friend Jess, who lives in Seattle, and her and I will call each other and give each other advice or think, oh, I want to hear their opinion on this or this outlook. And I'm sure, you know, going around Asia, you met a bunch of people like that where it's not just like, oh, you're cool. I'll hang out with you in this trip of, oh, no, wait, I actually like you a lot. I would genuinely be friends with you if you live in the same city as me, which you live right by me in Brooklyn. My friend Brian lives like a 10-minute bike ride from me in Brooklyn. I, that's that's the magic of it, too. That I love about it so much. That And it happens so, like, when I was traveling, like especially during that time, um, uh, I, I, I'll just mention, yeah, so I, I was in, started in Dubai, uh, then went to Thailand, Vietnam, uh, then went to Singapore. After Singapore, that was just for a labor. Uh, I went to Indonesia, specifically Bali. After that, uh, went to Malaysia, then back to Singapore, then to China and Shanghai specifically, then to Japan, to Korea, then to Portugal to wow. finish my trip. So during that whole time frame, I was just staying up. Portugal is my favorite country in Asia. <laughs> yeah, that was the first time I went to Europe. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I was planning on like, doing Europe way later in my, in my life, but ended up being that. I'll explain that later. Um, but yeah, uh, during that whole time, just staying in hostels, obviously meeting with people, you meet people in, in the hostel, you meet them in tours. Uh, sometimes you might even like meet people just like when you're out drinking or like you're at a bar or on the streets, the street sometimes. Yeah. Um, it just happens everywhere. And it's something that I, I think about now I'm like, wow, like I had an abundance of that. Like that's something that kind of typically you don't really have back home. And I think that's what prompts a lot of people to travel and to especially even like start digital nomading because uh, it gives them that that option to meet a lot of people. Um, some people you'll meet are just complete assholes. Uh, some people, a lot of people that you'll meet are neutral. A lot of people you meet, you get along with. Uh, and obviously, you'll you'll keep in touch and then you'll meet those few people that, um, you, you know, you form a very big bond with. Um, obviously, that's not everyone that you're going to meet. Uh, but you do meet those people. Um, and sometimes you meet people where, I mean, they're on the same journey as you and they're like, Hey, let's just go to, let's just do this next country together. Like you just meet people in other countries after you met them from one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the only downside to is that you only meet people for a very short amount of time. Like the, the connection is more intense. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it's case by case, right? Like there's some people from my trips where I'm like, I like you, but we probably won't continue this relationship after this trip. But there's someone like you who I'm like, oh, wait, come on my podcast. And also we have to get drinks and I want to hear all about your trip in a setting outside the podcast or my friend Brian or Jess, like I had mentioned. But I think too, for me at least, 
I, in solo traveling and being away from my friends, seeing how I interact when I'm in other groups of people and my role in those social scenarios has kind of really helped me better understand myself and kind of how I interact with people and how I interact with people who maybe are just meeting me. And and when I'm in a setting where I don't know anyone, how do I interact with people? What is my, my role in this dynamic of the group? And it's sort of, this is going to sound so dorky and like sad, but it's really not. I remember when I went to Spain, I, you know, we were in this group of maybe 10 people and we would all kind of do our own things during the day just because we were all prioritizing different things. Some people wanted to go to music festivals. Some people just wanted to kind of drink throughout the day. Some people, you know, I was more, I want to go see the sites and explore the city and take in, I wanted to go to a flamenco show and all these things. But throughout my day, people would text me and say, oh, hey, where are you? I'm going to do dinner tonight here if you want to join. And I kind of realized, oh, wow, this is going to sound so dorky. (laughs) I was like, oh, wow, people like me. (laughs) People who just met me like me enough to text me individually outside the group chat to be like, hey, do you want to get dinner together? Um, Which is so dorky, but it's almost like a little, I don't want to say a confidence boost, but it's just this like, oh, wow, like, when I step outside my comfort zone and go beyond the people I see every day and I'm in this scenario where I literally know no one, like almost like a first day of school as the new kid, I can still make a good impression. That's actually one of the biggest lessons I took from my trip. Um, you know, as thank God, because I just thought I was going on to nothing with that one. (laughs) Nothing. Not, I think, you know, it it could sound dorky, but at the end of the day, like the fact that if you're able to be authentic and yourself, and people like that. That that's the the the, the reassuring and the, and the validating thing that that's amazing. You know, like if you can authentically be yourself and be vulnerable, or and you know, people like your life story or just whatever anything that you talk about, um, your personality. It's it's a good thing. Um, so that's the special part about that. Um, that that doesn't just apply to traveling, obviously, but um, you know, you get that exposure more when you travel because you make something. And I think too, you become almost maybe a more authentic version of yourself because these people have no expectations of who you are and the way you show up in the world. So I I found myself kind of challenging myself to be really authentic to who I am, but also trying new things. So for example, I okay, I went to a nude beach in Spain. And at first I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll go naked. I was like, what the hell? Like, none of these people are ever going to see me again. None of these people ever know my name. Like, I got to go naked. So I got, you know, butt-ass naked at this nude beach. And it was so refreshing (laughs) because I was like, when am I going to ever, like, go to a nude beach ever again where no one knows who I am? But, like, all these people have quite literally seen every, well, now I'm getting, like, very specific, but, like, every part of my body now. And uh, so that is, I think, just pushing yourself while you travel and, trying new things and I don't know, daring yourself to, I remember in Mallorca, we were like, went to this Kala, like the cove and you had to go down one cliff and back up another cliff. And then we like jumped off the cliff and into the water and watched the sunset. And it was this moment for me of, oh my gosh, people, their whole lives will go and never see or do something like this. And it's super surreal. And then the sun's going down and you're like, oh, wait, we're sitting on an edge of the cliff. It's high tide. We could die right now. There's People aren't coming by here. So, so it's, you know, challenging yourself and, you know, really getting in touch, I think, with who you are. That's the beautiful part about traveling is that 
you know, there's people that obviously travel for leisure, um, but then there's people that will travel for the specific reason to grow personally. Um, I mean, and people travel for so many different reasons. I met a woman um, that literally was just traveling so she could find her next home. Like she was like, oh yeah, I'm just trying to find a next place to live. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, and another guy, he was also traveling just like me because he had social anxiety. I knew another guy that was kind of just traveling to find his purpose. Like what does he want to do like professionally as his career? There's just so much reasons. And I think that's the cool part that you can just really say to yourself, okay, let me go somewhere and I want to kind of achieve this. And I think generally as well, like maybe your reasons for travel are, are kind of similar to mine where like I wanted to see new things. It's like you say you're going to a new beach to, to Spain. Like I, I did an onsen in Japan where, you know, like in Japan, like you're just going, it's like a bathhouse where everybody's new and like everybody's the same gender and just was one area. So that was kind of like a, a strange experience to me. But like after like 10 minutes, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. It's like doing, doing a bunch of different things. Like, especially like I, I like personally, I'm not very fond of like the water. Uh, so me, me surfing and me snorkeling. And I wish I, I dived. That's like one of my biggest regrets uh, tra- uh, in this trip is I wish I, I did diving too. So d- doing more like water activities it's kind of something that I kind of like, it was like a, like a kind of like a side quest, I guess. So many different things that, that you could do that, that I'll just challenge you, you know? And those are experiences that you may not have gotten if you were with someone else. For example, if I was traveling with a friend, I don't know that I would have gotten naked at the nude beach. You know what I mean? <laughs> Depending on which friend I was with, I don't know that that would have happened, but it's, those are things I think you only get from solo traveling. And I, you know, I have a bunch of podcast episodes of being, you know, comfortable being alone and so confident and comfortable with yourself that you'll just attract good things. And I think that that's a great way to do it. Granted, I have a follow-up for you. Do you find yourself getting tired of solo traveling at all? Or no, do you just love it so much that that's all you want to do is solo? Oh my God. You know, it's funny. I, I was going to get into this too. Um, <laughs> yes. Like, yes. And I, when I mean yes, I mean seriously. After three months, I felt like I was kind of forcing myself to just keep traveling. Like, I still wanted to do it, yes. But that's when kind of the homesickness kicked in. That whole saying, like, the grass is greener on the other side. I started thinking. I started thinking to myself. I'm like, wow. Like, after coming back here, I actually appreciate boredom. I seriously appreciate boredom for real? all my life um, because, you know, it's it feels like in, like uh, when you're traveling at that at that volume, you're you're it's kind of like you're, it's, you're getting very stimulated. You're doing so much things. You're meeting so much people. You're eating so much different things, seeing so much different sites, like everything like you're you're just constantly active and. After three months, I just started getting so tired. Whereas in the beginning of my trip, I really like, you know, I wanted to meet new people. I wanted to do as much things as possible. But then at the third month, I genuinely like by the third to fourth month, I genuinely was actually like solo traveling where like I just didn't care about meeting other people. I just wanted my own time. I just wanted what I genuinely did back home, like overseas. Yeah. Um, Like watch TV. (laughs) 
Yeah, like like for instance, I was in Vietnam. I was getting tattooed in Vietnam. I literally went back to. That's Vietnam. an amazing story. First of all, tattooed in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, that's a movie uh, title right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I went back to get tattooed, and at that point, like I, I I played video games back home, not too much, but like I wasn't doing it for so long that I didn't stay at a hostel. I just booked an Airbnb by myself, got tattooed, and then went straight to like some gaming cafe. And then just went back home, like ate something, ate, like as I was obsessed with this one pizza place in um, Vietnam. So I was just going there, drinking like a glass of wine. And I just went straight, straight back to the, to the Airbnb and just slept and knocked out. And I was like, yeah. I fucking enjoy this. I fucking enjoy every second of it because I needed that, that relaxation after doing so much for the past four months. Yeah. yeah I, was. I mean, I think for me, so I did Colombia solo, right? And then I did Barcelona and Mallorca solo. Well, my friend joined me on the eighth day in Mallorca, so most, some of Mallorca solo. And then I did, I mean, I travel a lot for work, which isn't necessarily solo, but it certainly feels solo. I went to Vegas for work. I went to Puerto Rico. And then what else did I do solo? Oh, I did um, Sevilla for work. And then I did my first weekend in Madrid solo. And I will say, after all of that, I've been a little bit like, okay, I think I'm getting a little bit tired. I know I'm tired of the hostel thing, right? Like, I don't know if you feel this, but in the middle of the night when you need something from your suitcase and you have to go to your locker and you're fumbling with the lock and you're trying not to tur- you know, have your flashlight shine on the person's below you's bed. And when it's six in the morning and someone's on the phone in the hostel room, like that stuff, I'm like, okay, th- I did this for three trips now and I'm good. <laughs> it was an experience. I loved it for the time, but it's done. That I'm definitely tired of. But even in Sevilla, I had this moment. It was for work. And I was seeing my coworkers and stuff where I was walking. And I kind of just got sad at one point. And I said, I don't think I'll never travel solo again. Because obviously, as we're saying, there's huge benefits to it. And I do love it. But it can't always be solo. And I think that that's something I'm learning for myself. And I have really good friends and they've called me out that I have been operating maybe too hyper-independently this past year. So that's something I'm trying to mend within myself. But I think that what's... I, I have noticed, okay, it can't all be solo. And it's great to be comfortable being alone and being comfortable being solo. But there's also nothing wrong with saying, you know what? this might be better with someone else. And, you know, the nude beach, maybe not. <laughs> the What was the thing you went to in Japan? The thing where you're in a room, yeah, when you're room, in a room with a bunch of naked guys, maybe, maybe you do do that with a bunch of people you don't know. But I remember in Colombia, and I don't know if I ever told you this story, but I had done uh, the boat tour in Cartagena where they take you out and they take you to all the different islands off the coast of Cartagena. And then you go see the phytoplankton that glows in the dark. I met a bunch of, cool people on that boat and it was a bunch of couples and families and they thought it was awesome that I was traveling solo but at one point there was we were snorkeling and all these fish go right by us and like basically touch my foot and I went to turn around to tell someone and I went oh right I'm alone and it was the kind of the first thing where I was like okay I'm alone it's crazy how when I've like just especially coming back like Everything that I've experienced, like it would take almost two, three, four hours to kind of like tell somebody what I've done. And I haven't even done that yet. All of these memories really are kind of by yourself, and it's only within you. It's it's crazy because when you do travel with other people or you travel with friends, 
that's something that you share that experience with somebody. So yeah. kind of like all, all these experiences I've had, like, yes, if I spoke with somebody that I met in Vietnam or somebody that I met in Singapore, somebody that I met in, in Indonesia, I could talk to them about that part where I met them. I did an activity with them. But the entire four months, I can't really share that with somebody else. And that's why people say, yes, sharing an experience with somebody that you really obviously cannot accomplish by yourself. But obviously, if you travel alone, you have that memory that you cherish. Like, for example, if I didn't travel alone, I would have never met you. I wouldn't have met the friends that I made in Spain. That being said, something I always said was, oh, I want to live in another country for I don't know how long. And that's not necessarily not true anymore. But I think in traveling solo, I realized the things that matter most to me in this world are my relationships with people, my friends, my family. And I thought, you know what? Yes, these are incredible and amazing experiences and kind of to your point, the memories you share with people. I thought about it and I recently went to go visit my goddaughter and my nephew and they were so happy to see me. And I felt this kind of guilt because I was like, oh my gosh, you're so big. And I don't even remember, it, it's probably been months since I last saw you. And I realized, yes, I would like to live in another country, I think for an extended period at of time at some point, maybe down the line, maybe, but the things I have found to be most important are my relationships with people and my, and I want to be there to watch my goddaughter and my nephew grow up. And I want to celebrate my friends wins. And when they, when they're, you know, getting a promotion or they met, you know, met someone that they love and I want to be there for them and the hard moments, because at least for me, that is what I have realized is arguably the most important thing in this world besides, you know, loving yourself and all that good stuff. I, I resonate with that a lot. It's, it's a tough thing. And that's, that's kind of like a reason why I was kind of getting homesick. I have my friends back home and this like, it was like the longest period I haven't seen them, especially my, my mom and dad too, where like they, 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 for them, it was much harder seeing that I wasn't, I wasn't at home. Obviously like it's just, you're going to miss them before traveling. I was, I was more open to the idea of living somewhere else for an extended amount of time. But now I'm, I'm rethinking. I'm like, Oh geez. Like, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's tough. It's a tough decision. Um, it's almost like I'm cool being alone, but I would want to share. It's sort of what you're saying. I would want to share these experiences with people that I care about as opposed to just experiencing it alone. Yeah. And I do think, you know, Although you want to, you, you do desire to share an experience with somebody more. Um, I think it is a beautiful thing that you can go somewhere by yourself and you can create all these memories. And the only person that knows everything that you've done is yourself. Is you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's obviously not going to stop me from solo traveling because <laughs> uh, that freedom that you have. And, and I think, I think, when you travel you go by yourself, you have more freedom. You have more flexibility. I, I noticed I socialize with others more when I'm alone because obviously like right. if you're with friends, you're just going to be a little close knit. But at the same time, that's what, the reason why I went to Portugal is because like my friend decided to make a trip there and my other friend was backpacking Europe. So we all met in Portugal at the end, which was like, to me, that was one of the craziest things uh. in, in my life. I'm like, wow, I get to see them again, but I didn't get to see them 
uh, back back home. I got to see them after a long time in a, in a different country, which was super right. cool. Like I bumped into my ex roommate on the street in Barcelona. Like that never happens. Oh, that's insane. <laughs> uh, and so I think, yeah, but I, I do agree that there's something special in having certain memories that you only know about. And I think about, you know, I hate being on my phone, for example. And I realized in my Spain trip, I don't want to take pictures on my phone because it kind of, and this is maybe hippy dippy of me, but hello. I realized it's just very easy to snap, snap, snap and not really fully experience and be grateful for whatever it is you're looking at. So I actually had been traveling with a digital camera and now I only ever take photos on my digital camera because I have to look at it, think, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And then turn on my camera, which takes on, you know, about five seconds and consciously take a photo of it and really want to take a photo of it. And even the photos I take of myself, like it's not like a phone where, you know, I'm, I have someone taking a thousand pictures of me to post for Instagram. I take one picture on the digital camera, however it came out, it came out. And if I want to post it, cool. And if not, whatever. And that for me, I think is weirdly one of my favorite lessons I've learned while traveling. And so I only ever travel with my digital camera And it's funny because I think that's such a silly thing, but it means so much to me. But I was actually, my friend Jess was saying that when she went back to Seattle, she goes, I went back and told all my friends how you only traveled with the digital camera to make sure you were experiencing everything and how we had been at this flamenco show and you really wanted to take a picture, but you were like, no, I have to experience it. And then she took a picture and I was like, can you airdrop that to me so I can post it? Uh, But she goes, and I was saying this to them and they all wanted to be more like that. And I was like, whoa, like, wait, that's crazy. This, that someone I didn't even know four weeks ago, I already had that much of an impact on their life. You know, not to toot my own horn, but I think that's just such a silly lesson, but something that I think is really dorky and quirky about me. Someone else that I met on this trip really appreciated it. I met a girl, uh, she's also from New York. Uh, she's ta- she's taken a selfie with everyone she's met while traveling. Oh, no, time. that <laughs> I don't have like, that bandwidth. <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy shit. Like, and I, was, I asked her why. She's like, well, like, that's like a memory thing. It's like she wants to remember everyone that she's met during her travels. And I met one guy that he journals and most people, uh, not most, but some people typically journal while they're solo traveling or yeah. traveling for, for an extended amount of time because obviously journaling is just a great thing. This guy would make a journal every day. And this guy was this guy was literally like sketching every single part of his day while he was traveling. And I was a part of one of the sketches. And I was like, holy crap. Was it when you were naked in the Japan? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. It, was in, it was in Thailand. So incredible that this guy journals and actually like does a, a whole drawing of, of what he did that same day. I collect money. I think you carrying around with a digital camera, that's that's a good thing. Um, it, it keeps you in the moment. Um, and, and it builds kind of that habit of just enjoying your travels a lot more because you're more present. Yeah. I think, and now I kind of want to pivot to almost like another side of lessons. Cause you bring up, you know, how you've been to Cuba and I think experiencing other cultures, there's certain things I've realized, well, I actually love this about this culture. And so, so for example, I remember in Spain, I finally learned like, what is my rush to get to the next spot? It's not going anywhere. It'll still be there. In New York, I think we're always like, all right, I'm at lunch. Okay, now I got to go home and cook cook dinner. And I'll, or uh, I got to go home and wash the dishes. Okay, now I cooked home. And now I got to run to my friend's house. There's no rush. And that was something I realized in Spain. And I found myself when I came back, I was at 
dinner with my grandma. Um, I was at dinner with my abuela and we were having coffee together and I found myself being like, okay, I gotta, I gotta rush back to her place so I can get in my car and I can go. And I thought, what the hell? No, I, I'm so lucky to still have my abuela. Let me cherish this moment. The fact that I get to sit and have coffee with her still at 25 years old, I still have a grandparent cherishing that. And there's no rush to go to the next spot. It's right now. It's right in front of me. And I know that sounds like such a basic thing, but it's something when you experience a culture that moves slower, you appreciate that more about that culture. Granted, when I went to Puerto Rico for work and your dinner reservation's at eight o'clock and it's like 8.45 and they're like, oh yeah, we'll get to it when we get to it. You're like, no, get my fucking table. <laughs> it's yeah. a fine line. You're like, okay, no, I like that in America. We're very punctual. <laughs> um, so it's it's very fascinating. And I think about my trip to Cuba, which I went in a really weird time for you know people who lived in the United States. And I saw how my family lived in Cuba and I saw what the tourists saw. And seeing my little cousin's face when he learned that I grew up in a house that had a pool and that I could, you know, Wi-Fi was not illegal to have in my house because for those of you who don't know, private Wi-Fi is not allowed in Cuba. It's, it was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I, America, we got problems. Okay. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, I am so lucky. I will go to bed tonight and have air conditioning. I know I'll have breakfast tomorrow. Like it's, it was, it's a very humbling experience and you appreciate the things in your life more, but then you also appreciate certain things about other cultures and other communities that you try and bring to your daily life. I think I would say to an extent, because although I do appreciate like obviously having the privilege of like even traveling, uh, something that people in, in more, I guess, and I guess in developing countries, they're not able to do that or they have limitations in doing that because of visas. I remember like, especially going to like, Vietnam or Malaysia where I've noticed I, when I was traveling with people, they were, they are like, Oh yeah. Like I genuinely feel bad for their situation. Bada, bada, bada. And to me, I kind of like was thinking in my head, like if anything, I actually genuinely feel bad more for like Americans or just like people in the Western world, because like, like as long as like you have food food in the table and you could drink water and you could afford all of that, like I obviously I I actually don't really feel too bad. I know that sounds crazy. These people, as long as like, you have everything that you need to survive, like at that point, having a pool is just a luxury. Having obviously having Wi Fi is actually even a luxury too. I'd right, argue. but we don't realize that. We don't realize that, and the fact that people can have just a minimal amount of those things and still be like way happier than, than people in the Western world are like, it's incredible to me. Like people are, and you notice that like people like also say the same thing, like, Oh, like, but these people are like so happy. Like, how are these people like, like uh, you just question yourself, how are they so happy? But it's like, like it, that's, it's simple living kind of in the sense. And that's kind of, uh, that's the lesson I took instead is like, yeah, you kind of don't really need that much to be happy. It's just adding on to these like like yeah. material materialistic things that you desire that's going to make you happy. Well, no, and I actually I think you're definitely onto something there because something I've thought about in after traveling to like Colombia, where I literally I didn't understand the wealth disparity that exists in other countries. I mean, in Colombia, you can have there's insanely rich people, and then houses where there's not even like running water. Right. 
which is so bizarre. Like here in like I feel like in America, like the middle class is like pretty much the standard. I feel whatever. Like please, no one slide in my DMs. Like, well, did you know? Like, I'm just speaking generally. I'm casting a wide net. I know it's a 45 minute podcast episode, but I realized I found myself. I was dealing with something super. Fr- I am dealing with something super frustrating at work, and I'm able to disassociate and be like, Albert, it's just a job. My family's healthy. I'm okay. It's just a stupid job. There's a little spot by me where you can go and drop off old clothes and anything. And a bunch of my like really favorite shirts got like stained or whatever. And like, I was like, ah, oh, for a second, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. And I was like, you know what? It's a shirt. My cousins in Cuba would like lose their fucking mind for this shirt. So I'll go and I'll drop it off. And I've found myself like clearing out my closet a lot more and focusing a lot less on material things. Don't get me wrong. I like to have nice shoes. I like to have clothes that make me feel good. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like you're saying, that's a luxury. At the end of the day, like I call my grandparents every week because I'm so grateful that they're alive because that's something I've realized. I don't ever let someone walk away from a conversation without knowing what they mean to me because that is what's important. And like, it's just like that simple living when you see it in action. And I'm also, this is going to be another podcast episode. Like I've done a meditation retreat. I'm doing another one this coming winter. Like when you're just like by yourself and like breathing, like there's, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. You're going to die at the end of the day. You, I don't know. I think it's just sort of what you're saying. You've realized like what is important and that's a, you know, heavy lesson and I think a great spot to where we currently are. You really just should just genuinely do what you really want to do when you're traveling. And I mean, obviously yeah. that's a, it's an obvious thing. Like, yes, you want to do what you want to do when you're traveling, but like, especially when the people you meet, you want to like, make sure like you're all aligned on the same page of what you want to do and traveling. It kind of is in some sense, like obviously you're doing all these tours, you're going to see all these sites and, eat new cuisine cuisines um the thing is that there's a bigger i think if you just want to relax go ahead and relax don't feel bad about it if, if you if you're doing this for a specific reason to to change mentally or like to resolve something within you 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 can do it while while traveling and i think that's just so important uh, like for me like uh I, this is something i learned like from one guy i met in, in shanghai like he's just like I, I, I absolutely love him. He's one of the greatest people I've met while traveling. He taught me a big lesson. It is to trust myself. And that's something I did not think. I did yeah. not think before. You have to trust yourself with everything that you do. Um, and a lot of people that I've met, and I think myself included, like I think I did not trust myself enough to put myself into, into these situations. And when I did, I didn't regret it. I think that's the, that's a huge, I mean, listen, want to talk about life lessons while traveling? This could be a 10 part up, 10 part, this could be a series itself. Uh, I think, you know, I always hear people say who are maybe older, who have kids, ah, man, I didn't get to travel. I wish I did that. Noted. So guess what? I'm going to fucking do it. The life lessons that come with it, I think are so valuable and make you the best version of you possible, which is another theme of this podcast. So I'm really glad you said that in learning to trust yourself and grow into yourself and who you are in a well-rounded human. I think all of this is so important. Now, I want to thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I did, Where can people find you on Instagram? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, some amazing chat. 
Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I don't know, it's like, it's like Johnny underscore period. T-H-A-N, Jonathan. Thanks so much for coming on. This was a great conversation. Yeah, it's been an amazing conversation. And we'll get drinks soon. Of course, when yeah, I come we back. have to. Speaking no, of travel, I'm going to London and Amsterdam this week. So when I come back. All right, all right. <laughs> we'll do it. Thank you so much to everyone for tuning in this week. Please be sure to leave a review, like, subscribe, and share with someone who you think could benefit from this episode. Until next time, everyone. Ciao, ciao.